Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now, let's hear some faith-building teaching from our pastors. Well, amen. Amen. Last weekend, some people received some words spoken over their life by different ministers. That's what we've, we've talked a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that would be like a word of knowledge. Some people said, how did you know this about me? That was a word of knowledge. And so that's with the Holy Spirit's moving supernaturally in someone's life and reveal something while they're praying for you. So it's important to learn how to receive that, what it is. And sometimes we don't know and they get caught up. And some people get so caught up in the, how did you know this about me, that they miss hanging on to that thing. And yes, it comes from heaven. I just wanted to confirm that. Uh, before I get into a little bit of the word here to help you hold on to what you've received, I want to share with you something else. There are times when the Lord speaks in prophecy. During the convention, there were some some things that stirred and and opened up things in a new way, and that's learning to see yourself and learning to see others. We had more of a global picture of what God is doing when we bring in other ministers, like the one, like uh, Bill Prankert, who's ministering in the north. But I believe there's a very important word, and I'm hoping that you can hear me today. Here, let me put the mic there, and then I won't pull back. It's, it's I feel very essential, and something we need to to really grab a hold of. God has given us a great gift in Jesus that when we speak, it says, thou shall decree a thing and it shall be established. And one of the things that has happened over the past couple of years, primarily because we have looked at the terrible situations and then we've looked for an answer and a reason. And as we've looked to fill the hole where we did not have an answer, we began to speak, oh, these things like this, and this is what is so vital, and I feel critical for specifically Canada, specifically Canada, that we have fallen into this place of using the word curse, that our nation is cursed because we have not done well that if we should surely repent, all the things that are happening would turn over. And many people have repented and have not seen the turn. And then they blame God. We did this, what you said, how come Second Chronicles 7.14 is not working in this location? Was there a curse? And we have become, says the Lord, we have become uh, a people of more faith in a curse than a promise. And it is time for us to learn the power of curse was broken. We need to hear this. There was a time when this was well known in the body of Christ, but we've come to a place where curse and the word curse has had more effect, more weight than it is supposed to have. Jesus took the curse on the tree. That doesn't mean that someone may never be cursed or have a curse come on them. Those of those who have uh, practiced other religions and faiths have seen where a curse came on them and, and speaking the blood of Jesus over them breaks it. 
it breaks it. It breaks it. And there are times when we agree with them in prayer and someone may come forward and say, you know, we agree and we say, we break that curse. I'm telling you this day that the problems in our nation are not the result of a curse. They are not the result of a curse. They are the times that we are living in. And these times we were warned of, these times we, we could see and we could know, but it is not for us to fill in the hole that we have with an answer that comes from our thinking or our imaginations. It is the things that need to, God wants to reveal to us that no matter what is happening here, we can trust that God will always be with us. We were told and we were warned that all of these things would happen. They weren't a result of a curse. Jesus took the curse on the tree. Jesus took the curse on the tree and that was it. Curses were broken and we need to come back to a place where we have faith in the promise instead of the curse and not live to fulfill or be worried or concerned about curses. And stop looking for the government to fill that void with an answer. We've leaned wrong, and that's leaning like it said in Isaiah. They've leaned wrong on a broken reed, and that's a broken reed. The reed that we stand on is the cross, which was which where the blood was shed, and that's where our focus needs to return to. We return to the promise. We return to the promise. And it's important for us, I feel as a nation in Canada, that we stop talking curse. We're not a cursed nation. We are not cursed nation. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we come boldly to your throne this day. We come as a people uh, healed. We come as a people whose blood is speaking on our behalf this day. And the blood that took every curse on the tree. And we thank you that words that were spoken out of uh, misunderstandings are being released from our nation. Father, I thank you for the blood that has a testimony in Canada. It has a testimony of healing. That your purpose and your plan for Canada will not be pushed aside. It will stand forth. It will be bold and it will go forth and it will accomplish everything that you have called it to accomplish. It will surely perform it. It will surely perform it. We will rise up as a nation called. We will stand in that place of calling and we will do and we will say what you have told us to say and surely your words will come to pass in this nation. Surely they will come to pass in in this nation. Surely they will come to pass in this nation. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. We are not under a curse. We walk and live in the promises and curses are under our feet. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We'll learn more about that. <laughs> Jesus is good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I felt very led today to speak to you from Mark chapter 4. It is a familiar passage, but sometimes we have a hard time putting the word into reality. And as I was considering all the word that we received last weekend, there were many seeds that were sown into our life. 
And I want to encourage you. Uh, actually, uh, Abby's got papers. If you've got papers, take note because there is a place here today. And I'll give you a little bit more instructions as we go along. I'm believing God for every person. If you need paper, she'll put your hand up. Do you need paper? All right, Abby's going to get you some paper. or Somebody's going to get you some paper. So that you can take note of something that you received. You can use your phone if you like. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. As long as you've got a place to take notes. There's a place where we honor the seed by taking notice of it and taking note of it. Do you know what was sown in your heart? Mark chapter 4. And he began to teach by the seaside. I know a lot of people on a day like this like, like to be by the seaside. There was gathered, we could have church at the seaside. We gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. I always thought that was interesting because when you're in the water, sound really carries. And to speak to it, he didn't have microphones, but he had a microphone in the water. You've been in the water, you know what it's like. It carries the sound in a, in a marvelous way. God's so good. And said so the whole multitude was by the sea on the land, and he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, so this is in the pureness of the word, in the pureness of it, and in a simple way so that everyone could get it. This was so important, so important for everything. It says hearken. So when he's saying that, he said, okay, this is really important. What I'm, this is basic Bible number one. If you can get this, everything will change. And then he says, listen up. Hearken, get your ears open, get ready. Lots of people talk about this from the position of money. But that's not really where we're going today. We're talking about this in the position of the seed of the word. Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And there's a place where we often think, Gosh, you know, I, I, growing up, I mean, I've been reading the Bible a, a few years. And when I was growing up, I often thought, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm born again. I received the seed of the word. I thought, well, that was that. But every time the word goes forth, there's an opportunity. And let me say this. I don't remember everything that was spoken last weekend. How about any of you? <laughs> right. Some went by the wayside. And you see how we don't necessarily connect it. There was lots that was very, very excellent, but I didn't get it. It didn't stick with me. There are some parts that did, but that's the wayside. They just fell on the road somewhere. <laughs> maybe I was distracted, or maybe you were, or I took a you know, drink out of a bottle of water or something like that, and while that happened, something else was said, and I went, oh, that was really good. Forgot to write it down, and they went on to the next thing, and then that was really good, so I missed that last really good. Hmm? It went by the wayside. Pretty simple. But you see, sometimes when we look at ourselves, if we don't examine how we hear, if we're not, uh, you know, saying to ourselves, oh, oh, this is an opportunity. Now, when you get your one piece and you've got a seed, I'm grateful. One of the things that Pastor Joshua had said kind of in, a, in his, you know, a lot of the things that he said, but he said this one thing. He said, I came when I was reading the word. I got to the place I just read like a couple of verses because I wanted to get what I was reading. And there were days, I, I've, I've gone through the Bible in a month, the whole cover to cover. For a while, I was reading cover to cover every two months. That's a lot of scripture. 
And, and, and then it became, and when I was initially doing it, that was like no big deal. But then it became like a thing. I was like, oh, I better read my guy. And it wasn't because I loved the word. It was because I had to keep up. I had to keep up. I had to keep up. And when I was doing that, it didn't stick like when I did the other. Didn't stick. When I was just loving the word and reading, it opened different. Now, I'm not saying don't read, only read two verses and that'll be it for the rest of the day. I do advocate to, I think if you read four chapters a day, you'll get through the whole Bible in a year. You maybe have a day off when it's Psalm 119 because it's long. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> used to take me an hour to read that chapter. Now I can do it in about 20 minutes. Only because why the reading speed picked up because I got familiar with the words. My brain wasn't stumbling over what I was reading. Does that make sense? So sometimes you, you beat yourself up because when you're reading the word, you think, oh, I didn't really get it. How come you can read? The, I can read the book of Mark. I've read it so much in about 45 minutes. And those of you who have listened to the little uh, thing that went out, you'll listen to me reading the book of Mark on, on a little zip drive that went out at Christmas. And Pastor Neil did Matthew. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he did both of the longest gospels. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> There's lots of words in there that are difficult to say. And one of the things that happens is we get stumbly. Our mind doesn't, but the more you read the word, your brain begins to, oh, yes, I, rec I recognize that word. So you're actually, you get better at it. And that's the truth. So that's something to think about. Seed that goes on the wayside. So don't get uptight. Oh, I lost seed and go looking for it on the lane. But you can listen again to the message. And I'll guarantee you'll go, did they really say that? Huh, was I listening? Yes, you were. It just went by the wayside. This is not a condemnation, it's just what happens. So that we can adjust and make adjustments. Amen? Praise the Lord. Verse 5. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Now, I've, I've planted a lot of seeds this year. We planted some seeds, and some of them didn't come up at all. And we're like, what's going on? Well, we've had some interesting weather that has been difficult for seeds but also when the soil's not good in our backyard and those of you who've helped me with the backyard I've never seen so many rocks in my life and so things sprung up very quickly but never got to the size that they should have I planted gladiolas and well the proverbial eye my helpers planted um, gladiolas and every year they come up because you're supposed to take them out of the ground I didn't do that but very few of them flower because of the rocks and they don't get as tall as they should because of the rocks. Some of the things that we receive, we go like this. Wow, that was really good. And we talk about it. Whoa, that was good. That was so good. Oh, pastor, did you hear what they said? Oh, that was good. Did you? And I highly encourage, after you've heard some preaching, to do that with someone. But the problem is, if there's rocks in your soil, that Monday comes, you can totally forget. And it goes... And it withers up. Now it says it says rocks, they could be offenses and, and they could be doubts. Places you just don't really get it. And if you want to know, it goes the explanation of, of what the rocks are is on the other page. It's further down. And it says, uh, he says in verse 17, this is the answer for the rock zone. And have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended. We are living in a world that lives there. Absolutely. We heard of a tale, my, my husband's birthday is today. And, um, and we had gone to a place to, to get him a new motorcycle. 
And the lady was telling us, yeah, amen. And so one of the ladies who was doing all the paperwork was sharing with us that her friend is a motorcycle instructor at BCIT. And had a student come to her and said, I really feel uncomfortable. They're in their 40s, a young man. I really feel uncomfortable and you're making me feel uncomfortable the way you talk. I thought, this is a motorcycle class. And I thought, well, perhaps they should change, change classes. If you're in your early 40s and you get offended uh, by a person teaching, you, I mean, these people who ride motorcycles are not princesses and princes. <laughs> I mean, they may have all the bling, but they, th you're going to have to have some thick skin. Let's just say that. And, and like I thought, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I thought, maybe I should pray for this unknown person. But we're, we're people, and we think, well, that's easy to spot. But how about when the word touches a place or when somebody didn't like us and we get offended easily because it didn't have the right look, it didn't have the light, and I don't like how they said that, and pretty soon you're angry, and pretty soon this, and that whole great feeling you had about hope. I'm really hoping. I have hope in Jesus. I know everything's going to be okay. Man, that person's crazy. And then, So, yeah, never. You know, I, I, I said to Doreen yesterday, I was driving her a few places and doing some things, and I said, there's a reason why I shouldn't get behind the wheel. I don't, I want to give everybody driver lessons, you know, and, and it's not good. And like, it's much more mercy for the rest of you if I have someone else drive. And uh, <laughs> not that I can't, and I'm a good driver and all those things. I just don't like the other people on the road. I have to pray for grace. And you see, I have things. That, yes, I have this thing that grows up. I hear the word. All the lessons that I took about driving, they are all there. And they all work. And I get behind the wheel. And I want to honk my horn. Persecution for the word's sake rises up. And I'm thinking, they didn't follow the rules. Don't they know that that thing on the side is to show that they're going to turn lanes and change that signal on the side? And I get offended. We don't see how the word comes in us. And so something comes along and says, you can trust the Lord to heal you. And you're like, whoa, and I have no pain. And that's so good. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, ooh, my body, I have no aches and pains. Jesus touched me. I know that. I have no pain. Praise Jesus. Oh, his healing's working in my body. Monday comes up, and you're like, and it's raining outside, and suddenly that one knee. Well, they must have lied. Jesus couldn't have done that. That, that, that I was just emotional. And that great little tree that was trying to grow that says Jesus heals goes. Mm. This is a time on Monday morning when you haven't had your coffee and it's raining that you need the word of God to come to you quickly. <laughs> you need to nurture it. You need to nurture it. Don't let that thing dry up. And, and when the, well, you, maybe it's because you did something wrong. Maybe you sinned. That's why you lost your healing because you're a bad person. Hmm, interesting. Because healing and how it works is all about us. I have never healed one person. Not one. Not one, Pastor. Not one. I have not. 
And, and I said to some, somebody who's upset, oh, I'd never go to a healing minister who wore glasses. Well, come on now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because I, I'm not a, in a perfect body. It affects how Jesus works. Hmm. Hmm. Hello, everyone. I love you. Jesus heals, and he healed all these people in the Gospels without them, one of them being born again. Not a one of them born again. Not one, not one, not one. So what do we need to do when the word of healing, when seeds go in our life, the seed of the word about Jesus healing, we need to be good farmers. <laughs> Amen. And don't let that thing dry up. Amen. So that's stony ground, nasty. Now here's some interesting things. Verse 7 says, some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And then it yielded no fruit. There was a tree, bless God. <laughs> and it grew, and we could all see it. And what does it say? Verse 19, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, if you weren't offended before, you can get offended right here. Because what I'm about to tell you is the world and its ways were having a greater priority and value than the word that you received and you choke that word with your own wrong value. So if you're going to get offended right here, that's where we could get offended. You're telling me, Pastor, that this is my fault, that I see science higher than the word. Well, I can tell you that science verifies the word every time. Every time. I have learned things, having walked through people where they said, oh, and this came out of the word. And that was science. Hmm. You can, I, I'm never afraid to go to a doctor and let them see what God did. Amen? Let them have a look. I have x-rays that said, you're going to be in a wheelchair by 2035. And I have x-rays that say, no abnormality seen. That was science. Showed it. Bad, good. Rather have the good. Amen? So it, when the things of this world try to gain greater value, they will try and choke the word that's trying to go in. There is good word and there's good seed. And some of us need to make that stand for that seed. What does it say in the next verse? It says in verse 8, some fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and did what? It increased. It increased. It increased. Once you get that thing going, it will increase. Now, does anybody know what a hydrangea is? It's a flower, right? It's, and it's got a little, little tiny leaves. The first one I had, it had one little flower and it was a stick. The thing looked, and then, it, you know, after the winter, it looked like it was dead. There was nothing coming. And the next year, it was like this big. I just kept watering it like I believed it was alive. <laughs> that thing, it's like three years old. It's so big, I have to cut it. <laughs> it's taking over. When it goes into good soil, yes, I nurtured the soil and I removed the rocks underneath it and took out the weeds, put in some good manure stuff, and that thing is thriving. Now, some people have taken that and say, well, that's it. You know, I've gone through some manure in life. I ought to grow well. But <laughs> that's not the deal. 
You don't have to go through manure to grow in Jesus. Aren't you glad? That stuff smells so bad. You know, everybody's saying, oh, you know, oh, what you go through will make you stronger. Not ever. Not ever. That is the world's value on the word. And what, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, that whole deal. Oh, it just irritates me. Because I know it's not the truth. What made me stronger is putting the word of God in my life and deciding to believe it. And pushing out the other and saying, you know what, I'm good soil. God's planted good seed in me and I'm going to trust that more. When everything looked blank and, when I've, and, and things look dark and, you know, when, when you've been in pain and, and just recently even I, I pulled my shoulder doing I don't know what. I think sleeping bad on the plane actually. <laughs> like, you know, you fell asleep like this. And then we were so tired last week I sleep some more like this. I just fell forward and it just, I had a, a bad shoulder. And I knew that there was no way I could get into any kind of a medical situation and just get that muscle undone. And so I prayed and, and then had a couple of people pray. And, and then I woke up and I was absolutely totally fine. And that's the first time, I think, when that shoulder, because it tries to be, behave poorly some days. And I thought, no, I've received the word. I'm going to water that word. How do I water the word? One way is praise. The other way is bringing up some more scriptures. And then I remember, were you saying that song this morning? I remember how the Lord touched me in that moment and you know, a few years ago, touched me and I knew the healing that had come in my body. I know that he's the healer. I remind myself of those things. I sing those things and I don't let other things come in. That takes decision. Now, I can tell you this, pain is nasty. Anybody agree? Anybody like pain? No, we don't want to be in pain. So, we come to the place where we say, well, that's a lot to go through and you might want to take this medicine or that medicine or the other. Well, I can just take an Advil or whatever. Um, but that doesn't really cure it, right? It just delays it or puts it away for another day. What happens when the word comes in you is it changes things that you cannot see. And that seed gets in there and begins, like I can't see when I put a seed in the ground, I can't see it. And then, you know, I've been doing some weeding and I'm like, look at where these roots went. We can't see what's underground and the word of God does the same thing. The roots of it begin to go and infiltrate every place. And when you begin to hear the word on healing, it begins to infiltrate all the places. The root of the word, yes, it takes time, but my word, it, my word, it gets, it, it gets in that so good. And just it infiltrates everywhere. And it's easy to infiltrate when you don't have offenses or you don't have doubts. And how do you wash out the doubts? More word and just keep flushing. Just keep flushing. It's a good thing. But you've got to know what seed you have. And this is where I'm at. What one thing spoke to you last weekend? Was there a word that specially just kind of jumped your heart? Do you know what I mean? Where you were hearing and all of a sudden it was like the light switch came on and you went, oh, I, I like to use the light switch because that works for me. And some people call it the aha moment or whatever you have like that, whatever works. But what was that thing that went and just kind of rang your bell and it was like that thing right there? And where'd it go? Even if it was just one word that spoke to you or maybe a prayer, I'm asking you to write down that thing. That's what I want you to take note of.
Let's take note of the seed that we received. Let's get it into a place. Now, two weeks from now, we're going to have a lunch. And I'm going to ask each of you, you can all have a chance to give testimony to the seed. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the scriptures, about putting good things around it, learning to put that right stuff around that word. So think about that. You can take about two minutes. You know, just a real quick little testimony. So prepare your seed. Think about what you've had. Write it down. Focus. There's a great place, you know, when we grow things. I never call it the seed. You know, when it's in the package, we call it seed. Once it's in the ground, we call it by its name. Right? I go, we're growing carrots. I don't say we're growing carrot seed. We're growing carrots. What are you growing? Are you growing greater faith for healing? You're growing a child. <laughs> and that's a seed. <laughs> Comes from a seed. What are you speaking over it? Life, these things. What are we speaking over the seed? Speak over the seed. Look after the seed. So once you know, oh, man, this is easy. So at least, in the very least, we've got one thing ready to roll. Now, more important than anything else, at least you've got something. And you can go... I, I spent a lot of hours here and I was tired, but I got this one piece because I know this. Some fell on good ground and did yield food that sprang up and increased and increased and increased and increased and increased. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, praise the Lord. You're already in Mark chapter 4. Let's continue in Mark chapter 4. One of the things that uh, Pastor Gwen had said was talking about value. And I want to continue with that thought. So in Mark chapter 4, let's look at verses 21 through 25. So Jesus is still speaking to his disciples here. And he said to them, in verse 21, Is the lamp brought in to be put under, this says a peck measure, or under a bed, and not on the lampstand? Now again, I'm reading from the Amplified, so it, it takes a lot more to, it adds some definition to it. So it says here in verse 22, Things are hidden temporarily, only as a means to revelation. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything kept secret except in order that it may be made known. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him, be, let him perceive and comprehend. So how many people here have ears? Right. Two of them. Ears to hear. It's a peculiar statement because you think, well, automatically, if I have ears, I'm going to be hearing. Is that true or no? It really depends on what are you hearing. For those of you that have children, you'll realize that in, a sh in short order that um, they can select what they want to hear. For example, when you say it's time to go to bed now. Sometimes they suddenly don't hear you because they don't want to. 
However, if you're in passing talking to a friend and mention the word ice cream, suddenly they are now hearing and paying close attention to what it is that you're saying. You could say that they have, although they have ears, they don't have ears to hear anything about bedtime. But they do have ears to hear about ice cream. Hallelujah. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure you give will be the measure that comes back to you. And more will be given to you who hear. Now, what's he, he's still talking about the same subject here, right? He's still talking about hearing. But he adds another word in here, the word measure. Now, it's an interesting word to use because in the example of the children, for example, there, you can say they measure that they don't like hearing about going to bed. But they measure that they do like hearing about ice cream. So how they are measuring determines what they are hearing. Yeah. And in a similar way, I mean, when you think about measuring, there's a couple examples that come to mind automatically. Um, For example, things that are of precious value like diamonds or gold. How do you know how much value this chunk of gold has compared to this other chunk of gold? You measure it by weight, and there's, a, there's purity involved. There are things that you use to measure in order to determine its value. Yes? Right? If you've ever gone diamond shopping, you'll know that this is how they do things. They don't just pick up any diamond and go, I think this is about X amount of dollars. And then they grab another one and go, you know what? I think this one will be that. They don't just loosely assign value. There is a very clear, systematic way that they go about determining what has what value. Jesus is giving us a secret here. He's not keeping it hidden, but he's revealing it to us. And he is saying that the way that you measure the word that is being spoken is the way that you are going to hear it because you assign it a certain value and that's how it gets into your heart. That's how it gets into your heart. Uh, We can gain a lot of Bible knowledge, which is fantastic because it means that there's a big... Uh, pool of resources there upon which to draw. But unless that word is in your heart, it's not going to produce anything in your life. How does it get into your heart? It's how you value it. It's how you measure it. You know, if you're dealing with a physical challenge of some kind, if you're dealing with uh, physical ailment, And I'm assuming, I'm talking to Christians, so I'm talking about it within that context. And you're dealing with situations. What do you do? If you've heard that faith comes by hearing and you know that, 
and you believe that, then you're going to do something about it, which means you're going to start suddenly hearing verses and sermons and exhortations on healing. You're going to watch videos that are testimony videos where there's people getting healed because you've placed a value on that. And you want that to get in your heart and produce something to produce faith towards God to heal your body. It's amazing how people allow themselves to get into a dire and critical situation before they suddenly place value on that healing sermon that you heard on a Sunday morning. Which just means that often we're driven by how we measure our lives, we, we, how we measure the word. We're driven by our circumstances. I'm having a real... Do- uh, it's been a crazy week. I've had such a rough week. Well, I really need to hear some messages that are going to lift me up and, and remind me and, and how God is going to take care of me and bless me. And now suddenly now that's what we want to hear. But last Sunday there was a message on how to be obedient. And we didn't really want to hear that. Because we had selective hearing. We didn't measure that as valuable. We, what we measured as valuable was the sermon on how to prosper because I'm in debt right now. That's what we heard is important. That's how we measured the word. So the question is, are we measuring the way that God measures it? Are we assigning the value to something the way that he does? Because if we assign value to what we hear the way that he assigns value to it, then we're going to hear as he intends us to hear. And that word will get into our heart. I mean, when's the last time on Facebook or some other social media or some other place you've heard on, uh, well, we're going to have this conference on humility. Everyone's invited. And you saw that and you went, oh, I've got to book off vacation for that. Man, I got to be at that conference on humility. That's exactly what I need right now. And you start planning your entire calendar around that conference because, man, it's going to be on humility. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you saw that? But here comes brother so-and-so, and they say, we're going to have a prosperity conference. woo And away you go on that one. But why? There's nothing wrong with prosperity, but why do you hear that and not the other? You know, without humility, you're not going to prosper very well anyway, because you won't know how to hold it and how to give it. But why do we put value on one and not the other? It's because of how we measure it, how we hear it, what's going on on the inside. There is a secret here. There is a key here to hearing God as he speaks. Let's look at an example in 1 Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 1. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I said chapter 1. Chapter 2. Well, you're right there anyway. It's next chapter over. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Again, from the Amplified, it says this, And we also thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God or the word of God from us, you welcomed it not as the word of man, but as it truly is the word of God, which is effectually at work in you who believe. Amplified adds this in here and says, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. What did they hear? Hey, this guy's got a really great message. Look at this guy, Paul. He seems to know some stuff. What great things Paul is saying. I really appreciate that. You know, that was a really good message from Paul. I think what we're going to do is we're going to form a little club together, and we're really going to study the words of Paul. And, you know, I think that's a great thing. And we'll just do our best to, uh, to live by the, th- the good things that Paul has been teaching us. That's not what's going on here. But how many times have you heard similar language in the body of Christ? Man, I really like that preacher. He seems to really know. He's got some good stories. Puts those things together, and it really inspires me just to live a better life, the better me. You don't want a better you. It was because of you that Jesus went to the cross. Let's remember that. He says, you heard it not as the word of man. You heard it as it really is. God's word. They said, this is God's message to us. Sure, Paul's delivering it, but God is speaking. That's how they measured it. That's what they heard. That's what happened in them. And what did it do? It started to produce something in their lives. God was at work in them because they heard what he said. We all know the verse, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've heard many sermons on faith, how important it is. How do you get more faith? Well, you've got to hear the word. But are you hearing the word? Are you hearing God speaking to you? What are you, is it important to you? Do you value it? How do you hear when the word is being spoken? When the sermons come out, when the prophecy comes out, when when things come out by inspiration, are you hearing what men say or are you hearing what God is saying through men to you? We want to be in a place where we hear where the, we have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And it's not based on our likes or dislikes. 
Let's not measure his word and limit it that way. Let's not limit what he's saying by our ability to understand. How can you grow? How can you move forward if you limit God to what you already know now? You give him a very small box to work within. And he is absolutely amazing at how even though the box might be really small, he can still cause something to grow. But eventually that something's going to push the limits of that box. It's much better just to hear him as he is speaking. And you think, well, I, I, I don't know how to do that. I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know how to do that. Actually, yes, you do. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The first time you heard it is when the gospel was preached to you. And you may not have recognized exactly who was speaking to you, because all you heard was some, maybe it was some crazy nut on the street corner. I don't know. You call them that, but somehow that seed of it, the word got in your heart, and now you're saved. So who's crazy then? But you heard something. Something touched your heart, and you thought, this is real. That was God speaking to you, even when you didn't know it was his voice. And something happened when you welcomed, received, heard it. This is real. This is true. God's alive. Yes, he's done this for me. Jesus is alive. Yes, he's forgiven my sins. Yes, amen. I can have it. It's mine. I receive Jesus as Lord. And something happened in you. Because you heard the word not as another religious thing that I'm getting involved in. No, you heard it as it actually is, the word of God, and it produced new life in you. And that same new life wants to grow because you now recognize Jesus' voice. That same voice that spoke to you at the beginning is the same voice speaking to you now. And when you have ears to hear him, you can be healed. Hallelujah. When you have ears to hear him, you can be saved. When you have ears to hear him, you can be delivered and walk free. When you have ears to hear what he's saying, you can enter into new life. When you have ears to hear what he's saying, you can walk side by side with him as you go through life. Ears to hear what he's saying. And you're not hearing from the outside any longer. I don't know if that's God or not. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll put out this fleece over here. Or God, you know, if that's you talking to me, send three red cars by my window as I sit here and watch, and then I know it's you. Nope. You're on the inside, and he's on the inside of you, praise God. You know his voice. He is the one speaking to you. So you can hear him, and you can know him. Every single one, from the least to the greatest, praise God. From the least to the greatest will know Him. That's His promise to us. That is the covenant that we are in. That is the truth of our existence in Christ Jesus. Is that whether you consider yourself to be the least or the greatest, no matter what, you know Him. And you can hear His voice. And as you hear, praise God, 
as you value His Word above all other things, you might hear other things. You might see other things. But you value what He says above it all. It makes, it's more, you measure it, you assign value to it and say, God, whatever it is you're telling me is worth whatever it might cost me. For some, they've heard the call to go into the mission field. They heard the voice of the Lord coming unto them saying, go thus and do so. And they valued that enough to sell all that they have, abandon all their plans, leave behind friends and family, and obey God. And they have been richly rewarded, maybe in this life, but surely in the next. Because they valued what God had said. Where are those days again where we hear what He says, and it is more important than all the treasures that we've amassed down here? Because the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you value what He says, when you value His Word, there will be your heart also. We've been given an assignment this morning. We've been given an assignment to remember Which really means not just, oh, I forgot, now I remember. It means to hold it up in the front of your thinking. We heard that this morning. It's always before me, right here in the front of my thinking. It's alive, it's real, it's as if it's happening now. It may have happened in the past, but I'm remembering it as if I'm reliving that right now. And there are things that God has been speaking to you this last weekend. Everyone. There was nobody left out. And whatever that may be, there are verses in your Bible that prove it out, that confirm it, that substantiate it. But what that meant to your heart, the assignment is remember it. Write it down. Think about it. Talk to God about it. And say, God, show me how this changes my life. Talk to him about that. Value that word. It's not just men speaking to you, but the living God. Place value on that and allow those things to be change and transformation in your life. Have meaning and development in your life. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Was there anyone else that wanted to get up and speak? Sorry, it took so much time. Awesome. Praise God. Everybody turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. This sparked in me. The Lord showed me something when Pastor Ann was doing offering this morning, and it just, it really spoke to me, so I want to share it with you. So 2 Kings chapter 4,
Oh, I see what it's doing. <laughs> I looked it up on Google, and it was, yeah. Anyways, verse 1. <laughs> now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha, saying, The servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creator is and the creditor has, is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath, own, hath not anything in thy house save a pot of oil. And he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet another vessel." And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, the oil is stayed. In the Old Testament, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, she went, the, the prophet went and said, Go and get empty vessels and bring them, and then take the pot that you have of oil already and start pouring it in to the vessels of oil that you have. And when the vessels stopped, she didn't have any more vessels, the oil stopped. Now, in this story, that was enough for her to live the rest of her life. That she got so much oil from what the, the Lord said, she was able to live the rest of her, her life. So how does this apply to us now and what we're talking about this morning? We are that empty vessel. The Holy Spirit is the oil. When we come to conferences and we hear a lot of word and God deposits something on the inside of us, it isn't just a one-time deposit. He takes what he deposited there and he starts to grow in it. And he starts to grow. But if we shut down the vessel, he can't pour into us anymore. He can't pour that oil into us anymore. We have to be that, that vessel that allows the oil to come into us. That, what that story is saying in the Old Testament, that empty vessel. Now, we're not empty. We're full of the Holy Spirit. But we can shut it off. We can shut it off. He's deposited in us. He's spoken into our lives. Now, let him... Let him pour that oil. Continually pour that oil into us. Let it just pour into us. And, and that oil just it brings it alive. And it won't stop pouring unless we cut it off. Right? You think about, I don't, you know, there's water in that glass. We won't use that. But if you use, you don't want to be an upside down cup when he's trying to pour. Right? He stands at the door and knocks. It says in Revelation 21. He stands at the door and knocks. We have to open. And then he comes in and sups with us. That gives the same picture of us being open to receive from him. I receive stuff. 
I, I received a whole bunch over this weekend. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there, and it doesn't have to stop there for any of us. He can take that seed that he planted on the inside of us and let him pour that oil on it. Let him let it grow. Let it grow inside of you. Let him show you more about it. Let him expand it, right? Because you think about the little seed. There's a ton of stuff in that seed. And as that seed starts to grow, it starts to grow underneath the dirt before we even see it. Pastor Gwen mentioned that, right? It grows underneath the dirt before we see it. It starts to put roots down in the dirt before we see anything coming up. And then all of a sudden, we start to see stuff come up through the ground. And But then the roots are still digging down and getting down to the nutrients and the water in the soil. And they continue to grow down and, and establish that plant, that seed. And then you start to see stuff grow on the top. Don't shut down the vessel. You are the vessel. Let those roots, let God pour in and that seed, let it root inside of you. Pastor Gwen mentioned that again this morning. Let it root inside of you. And go into every part of you. Because he planted the seed. He wants it to grow in you. We have to choose to let it to grow. Don't be that, that vessel that shut off from that oil. Amen? Amen. I just, I'll just speak quickly. Did you know what the first root is called? in a plant. It's called the radical. <laughs> it's radical. Uh, I just, if, if, if any of you have been high, in high school and you had, you, had to, you had to read something and you had to answer some questions. And so you read a passage and then you have the questions and then you go and you look and you read that passage and you're like, okay, I have this question. And then you just look, try to look through it through the passage and skim, 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 get that question answered. And then you just put it there and you just go, and we called this comprehension back in the day. Comprehension. But guess what? There was no comprehension happening. What it was was just finding an answer to a problem, a question, an answer to a question. And so I want to challenge you today. There's an opportunity to re-listen to things and re-listen. Because we listen to sermons based on what our circumstances are like. And we listen to it, and they're like, something speaks to us because we've been dealing with it all week. But there's someone on the inside of you. Someone that's not your circumstances. There's someone in you that's victorious. And as you go back and listen to the sermons, and you go back and listen, I want to challenge you to listen to God, who, who God called you to be. And you're listening based on that. Not what's happening in your family. Not what's happening in your finances. Not what's happening anywhere. But what God wants to tell you because he's speaking to you from a different perspective. He's not speaking to you like you, you're a sinner. He's not speaking to you where you are right now. He's speaking to the one on inside. He made you. And you can walk that way. And you can walk that way now. When Jesus was walking, he was with the disciples. He was walking in, in uh, Mark 11. We, won't, we don't need to go there. But he was walking, and he was hungry. And he went to this fig tree, and it wasn't ready for him. 
And so he said that it's not going to produce fruit anymore. He didn't stay there and camp out at that fig tree. Look, here's the fig tree. This is the fig tree in my life. It didn't give me what I needed. It didn't give me what I needed. Oh, now I need to make a tent here. I need to live here now. This fig tree did not provide sustenance for me. He didn't do that. He moved on. There's a circumstance, and you need to move on. You've spoken to that circumstance, and you have faith, and you've spoken to that circumstance. Jesus had faith. He spoke to that circumstance, but he didn't stay at the fig tree. He went on. He had things to do. He had people to minister to. You have camped out at a fig tree, and you should have left a long time ago because God had something for you to do, but you were so focused on that fig tree not having fruit that you didn't have fruit because you didn't move on. And so we're, I'm going to pray this morning. I think we're going to, I think now's the time to pray. You, it's just an easy fix. You get up and you go on. You get up and you go on. Listen to it differently. You're victorious. Would you like to pray? Yes. Hallelujah. Just so that you know, here's the deal. Write it down. Focus on it. Pray over it. Find other scriptures if you like, and if you need help, we'll do that, that speak to you about it. When you pray over it, ask Holy Spirit to help you understand how to implement it. And then two weeks from now, you've got two weeks, we'll have an opportunity to share for you because it's so important to speak it out and to give it airtime. You know, and I had written this down before you said, Bridget said, what we know is measured by what we grow. Amen. We know you've all received, and we also need to receive from you. What God put in you is valuable. We value that too. Amen. Oh, pray for us. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your good seed, that your good seed goes in. And I thank you, Lord, that it goes in and it grows. And I thank you, Father, for mighty trees of righteousness in this room, mighty trees of righteousness, righteousness, hearing my voice. I thank you that we will grow, that we will not be stopped. I thank you, Lord, that we're, we're producing that 30, 60, 100-fold return. I thank you, Lord, we don't camp out at our circumstance. But we move on. We shake off our shake off our feet, shake off the dust, and we go and do what you have called us to do. I thank you for the call in your word, the call to action, the call to do something. And I thank you that your people hear that call and they go do what you have called them to do. I thank you, Lord, that we see each other differently. We see each other as those trees of righteousness. I thank you that you give us new eyes to see what you see in each and every single one of us. I thank you. We call that forth. We call that forth in the mighty name of Jesus. We call it forth. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that those gifts that are on the each in the side of each and every single one of us. Oh, I love your gift. I love your gift. I thank you. We love our gifts. I thank you, Lord, that we appreciate your gifts. They, I thank you, Lord, that those gifts are being nurtured. And I thank you, Lord, that your seed Oh, hallelujah, and your water and your oil are just flowing here. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that they're flowing here. And I thank you, Lord, for those voices that are trying to speak and 
tell you that you have nothing to say. That's a lie. That's a lie. We want to hear everything that your people have to say. I thank you, Lord, for your revelation in the people that they're gifts and they're gifts for us. Let us see it. Let us see it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.